Welcome to Charting the Course, a podcast from Full Sail Capital, dedicated to providing you with insights, assurance, and confidence to grow and manage generational wealth. Full Sail Capital is a fiduciary registered investment advisor managing more than $1.5 billion with a focus on integrity, competency, and transparency. Hey, welcome back. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I hope you all had a wonderful Labor Day weekend and you're having a good week so far. Today, we're going to sit down. We're going to have another conversation that's part of our At The Helm series, where we focus on entrepreneurship. Today, we're joined by Tony Capuscelli, CEO and co-founder of 820. 820 is a solar power energy company, and they exist because they believe that the greatest resource, the sun, is underutilized. So through responsible and advanced stewardship, their goal is to lift up communities for generations to come. And Tony does a great job of, of highlighting the mission and the goals and the objectives of the company and why he's so passionate about it. So Stacey Murray, one of the advisors here at Full Sail Capital, is going to sit in and contribute to today's conversation. She's our CPA, our in-house tax expert for all things business owners. So it just made a ton of sense to have her in here. Now, one thing we failed to do during our conversation that I wanted to highlight is why 820? You'd think I would have remembered to do that, but I'm not that smart guy. So after the fact, I made sure we went back and, and explained that. And it's very simple. It takes eight minutes and 20 seconds for the sun to reach earth. Therefore, 820. We hit on a lot of topics. Tony was fantastic. We really, really appreciate his time. We will have him on again very soon, I hope, to, to get an update on everything that's going on and, and kind of see the growth from their company and where they are now and what they're doing. So enjoy today's conversation. If you have any feedback, as always, please let me know. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Tony, Stacy. thank you both for joining me today. Tony, we appreciate you taking the time out of your week to sit down with us. Welcome to Charting the Course. We are excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me out here. I'm really excited about this. You bet. Let's jump right in, Tony. Give us a little bit of background on you. I kind of call it the who, what, where, and why, man. Give, sure. give us an idea. Yeah. So from Oklahoma, born and raised, you know, kind of everything I've done has been here and jumped in after college into Heartland, which is okay. a payment processing sure. company. Uh, worked there for most of my career, about 17 years, uh, but was mostly traveling in and out of state. So I actually didn't know Oklahomans as well, even though I'd been here all my life. Yeah. And uh, kind of Fortune 500 type world, we went, took it public, we sold. And and at the end of that, the travel and, and kind of almost uh, the goals of that, uh, it, it's got one thing in mind, which is profit, kind of uh, Milton Friedman's theory of economics a little bit, which is good. But you stop back and look and say, what are we doing in other areas, like socially within this community, mm-hmm. uh, human flourishing and, and how you deal with natural capital. So I just said, I'm gonna take a break from this world and um, took, took off in 2020 and everyone took off you know, with, <laughs> with me during COVID. And I just started looking at what I wanted to do next. I wanted to be regional. I wanted to be something I cared a lot about, something I thought that could in, impact the uh, local and regional economy. And uh, I was trying to put solar on my house and uh, it was super hard. And uh, I was like, this should work. And I mean, it's fascinating to me thinking that like, the sun shows up every day could power my life. I don't know anything about it. And I couldn't figure out anything about it. And then I started researching where the sixth most sunny state in the nation, Oklahoma city is the 32nd sunniest city. We've got a, you know, energy economy and, and team people that can build around these. We, we stood up wind and we're the, in top five in that. And like, mm-hmm. why do we not do solar? There's like 0.09% in, in penetration. And so uh, from wanting to put it on my house, it ended up being like, I'm, I called a, a buddy of mine and said, Hey, do, do you want to start a solar company? He said, absolutely not. I said, cool. <laughs> Are cool. you crazy? Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. In Oklahoma. <laughs> and we looked at the rankings like 47th to 51st worst. Like we're bad. We're in oil and gas state. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. We're oil and gas top five uh, and then we're top five in wind. So like we actually have this energy heritage and we have all the resources. There's a paper written in 2018 
that said if this was an oil field, it would have been drilled decades ago. So I was like, okay, things are, and, and, and even there's like back in Aubrey McClendon in 2013 said, you know, solar's the way right now, natural gas is, is more economical. And so we'll, we'll eventually get there. Right. Uh, Jim Inhofe said solar's inevitable. Like these are people that we know, right? Sure. But like the timing wasn't right. So I started studying it in 2020 and I became fascinated. I called my buddy back in, in July and said, hey, we need to start. A solar company. Isn't that how Absolutely. all all great businesses start with like, hey, this is we we got to do this. this <laughs> yeah, <is an> idea. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it takes people like you to say, all right, let's do it. Yeah, well, and and also takes people around. Like, so I talked to tons of people during that study of like when I say study, I was talking to whether it be legislators or developers or builders or friends or residents. It's like, hey, what do you think about solar? And you kind of thought, man, it's going to get a huge pushback. Like, oh, it's Oklahoma. Everyone's right. like, hey, everyone's like, oh yeah, I want to know about that. Oh, that's great. I've thought about it, put it on my projects. We don't. Tell me about it. And it's weird to be in a segment that people have a lot of energy for on all sides of the political spectrum. This is not a partisan thing. They're like, how do we do it? I'm like, I don't know, but I know how to spell it. Uh, that's, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> and I know it works. It's running 40% of Germany. So the technology works. You can't build a home in California without having it solar ready. It, and it's just these flyover middle America states that haven't been touched. And so for us, it feels like, is this real? And that's the big thing. It's, it's an education thing. Yeah. It's not like the tech doesn't work. Tesla's made it attractive. Right. People know it's going to be a thing. And so it wasn't just a guy like me. It's like the, the community was ready. That's fascinating. Before we get down, because we're going to go two different paths today. We're going we're gonna to look at, you know, Tony the entrepreneur and then Tony the, sure. the solar guy. And because I want to, I think that's fascinating. And there's been some tax credits that have come out in this recent bill that, that I think will encourage maybe a good word or incentivize yeah. uh, solar, yeah. solar development. So I want to get to that. But- Let's talk about the entrepreneur side first before we do that. Fast forward now to today. What's been maybe the hardest part of the job or and what's maybe been the, the most enjoyable part of the job of starting from an idea and then turning it into a company, A20? I'll start with probably the, the hardest part. It's just when you look at these plans back to like, I, we have an idea, you can map them out. And I think this is probably normal for entrepreneurs. Getting from point A to point B sounds easy on paper. And then you, you step in and you're like, hey, maybe I'm not as risk tolerant as I thought I was, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's like, you're by yourself. You know, I, I had a large Fortune 500 budget running a really large t- top line where you can make a lot of mistakes. When you're a small startup, it's like, okay, every decision matters. And you feel that weight and uh, that makes it fun. When I was going through that, it, it's just turning the idea as quickly as possible and you have to see rapid successes. And so I would say like the hardest part for me was the mindset shift. I was always like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I could do this. But then when you step in, you become one mm-hmm. and you're out of that like seat where you've been comfortable for 17 years, you're like, oh, I really respect entrepreneurs. <laughs> they're, they're unbelievable what they do. And like same with like developers because I'm working with a lot of them. I'm like, I used to think I could do what you do. Now I, I see the weight of how you build our communities and my respect goes up immensely. And I'm just like, how can I serve you? Not thinking, man, that's easy. It's hard to you do You're talking real estate developers, software developers? Yeah, it's a, that's a great point. I, I'm talking talk a lot of real estate developers okay. being in solar. Okay. Software obviously is great too, but just people that step out yep. and take weight, right? And like, that's the thing that you can't quite quantify. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just weight that you have directly on your shoulders. That's the, that's the hardest thing. Why I like it so much is, you know, whenever you set out an idea for me, it was all about a philosophy of how we do business as much as what we did. We wanted to impact not just fiscal capital. Like we, we can make money. Like sure. that's not going to be a problem. But how you make money, I actually think matters more than the end result, which I, that's controversial. 
Like, I, I think if I got down to it, a lot of people are going to say, no, like making money, how you make it, the sausage doesn't matter. How it's made, I think matters more. And so we, we value uh, human capital. Are people flourishing? Are employees, are our supply chains, are our customers, are our partners, are they doing well? Or is one making a killing and therefore the other one, by, by the definition, is dying? If something's dying, right. human capital, societal capital, social capital. Like, how are we actually impacting where we're at? How do people feel us? What would be felt if we were left? That matters. And when you're at a large company, sometimes you're, you're actually asked to make no statements locally, invest nothing locally, give to generic things that don't, never traces any sort of commitment. And it's like, no, you actually need to be felt as part of the tapestry of a community. And then natural capital, how we deal with the things we're given are fundamental. So if you weigh these things out, we say human, social, natural, and fiscal capital all matter. So what's the most exciting or rewarding thing uh, about this is we set this course and then we get to maintain that and we get to hold that. And then that idea is not just about, did we make money? Like, yeah, if we don't, if we don't make money, we won't exist. But how we make it, I think is, is where things really get interesting. And that's where I, I like the leaving and starting a thing because now you get the purity of the idea and we make mistakes all the time. Like not every employee, not every customer is happy every time, but by, by golly, that's going to be the goal. When we make a mistake, we're going to apologize and fix it. Yeah. It's the, it's the follow-up. I love that human capital, societal capital, natural capital. Like if even a third of the companies in our country operated like that, think how much better off we'd be. It's, it's crazy. And this is a thing I've, I talked to so many people during my little break of like what success is. And mm. I ran into these people, whether it be now mentors or uh, other people, they're, they're in this conversation. And they, you know, Blair Humphreys would throw me a book on the future of capitalism. Adam Luck would throw me a book on completing capitalism. I'd go up and talk to Pete Oaks up in Wichita, who's been kind of re reinventing Wichita, thinking about triple bottom line businesses. There's conferences going on. I was like, holy cow, there's a whole set of people. And it's everywhere you go. They're trying to say, it's not abandoning capitalism, like, yeah. but it's like, how do you do it so that the end result of the money you don't just get taken, give back? It's like literally the process is redemptive. That's what we set out to do. Being around reading, I mean, I got lost in in that world and anyone that would talk to me about it. And there's a lot of people that and you say a third. I would love any solar company, other companies, like borrow this script. Like, let's go. Yeah. Because it's gonna make our place, Absolutely. wherever we're at, our places feel I mean, are better. Our people are happier. So yeah, I don't know. We got lost in that. And my partner and I were like, Yeah, let's build a company that we find fulfillment in what we do, hopefully, uh, how we do it, who we do it with, and who we do it for. That's the goal. Oh, solar works really well. Cool. Let's go. Let's go. Let's run fast at that. Yeah. And let's apply that plan because to your point, you flat out just said it, you take, it doesn't have to be a solar company. It could be another company you want to start, but the blueprint could be, could look the same hundred percent with the end goal being to benefit all along the way, not just make a bunch of money. hundred percent. And I was, I mean, I still am always like wanting to learn anyone else that's in this vein because it does feel kind of new like measuring social capital. It's funny, I was talking to my head of HR just right before I walked in here and he was like, so how are we measuring social capital? I was like, that's the hardest one to measure. Like natural capital may be a little bit carbon footprint and ESG scoring, they're starting to put fabric around that. But um, social capital is tough. Like how do we impact, how we create trust in the, the communities we're in? There's soft ways to do that. Human capital, we just launched ENPS scores, like employee net promoter. Like how, how likely would you be to, you know, because I like NPS, it's just a very classic customer rating, like, Hey, are you going to recommend us? Yeah. 10 is awesome. You know, seven's great. You know, 70, you know, you don't want to get in the forties and thirties, you know, yeah. definitely not as here. ENPS. Like I want to know regularly, like 
What's your employees? Yeah. And, and that's one way. And we've, we started this with partners, like our GCs on the electric side. Like, how do you feel about promoting us? How's our craftsmanship? And they're like, why are you sending us a survey asking us these things? It's because our goal is to make sure you are flourishing. And we're serving you. Like that's our super secret plan is to create raving fans that like are, or they're better because they've interacted with and us. It, and it's not just the customers is what I hear you saying. The whole supply chain. Our, our suppliers are, are our partners. And we want them to win. We don't want to like cut their margin so we win more. Like we need them to exist, right? And like it's it's this is just a classic economics problem. Like if you press too hard on any given portion, whether it's the customer, the supply chain, a partner uh, that's distributing or an employee, someone's going to lose. And trying to find that win-win balance, that's fun. I, I find a lot of uh, I don't know reward in that. Yeah, I found it fascinating. I was able to come in and take a tour of eight twenty. And just being there, you had different team members all there to present, right? And take us on the tour and just, you could see the morale. Like everybody was excited to be there. Was I mean, it was like championing in, like we believe in this. You don't see that a lot of places. And the other thing I thought was amazing was the supply, like your vendors and your supply chain. All of it was United States stuff. I mean, we were walking through and a lot of it was within the U.S. And I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, no, we, we focus a lot on domestic content. We're North America, a lot of it. We've got a, a supplier that's co-located in Canada and, and Washington. But we try to do that. And we're going to continue to try to do that. And this Inflation Reduction Act is going to motivate that. But you're right. I appreciate you saying that. It's cool that you felt that? I felt it. It was amazing. I mean, the, the gentleman that took us on the tour it was amazing. And you could tell he was so passionate about it. And you don't see that a lot of places. I think you had Sandino and Corey probably. And the cool thing about this is none of us knew each other. So it wasn't just a, lot of bu- a bunch of buddies. Like I didn't know our team 18 months ago. And now I look at our team. I look at Sandino who knows construction and, and policy better than anyone. I look at Corey Bates, who is a licensed architect, studies sustainable construction that, you know, did phenomenal projects in Oklahoma City. I look at Trey Raymer, who came over from oil and gas background, accounting background. I could go down the list. I, I, we have 77 teammates, so I could talk about all of them. But I'll say t- 77 now. Uh, we do. We do. Wow. And all and we have in-house teammates, right? They're W2, which is important in this business. They all have come for the idea and they all understand like our principles are respect, focus and quality and they buy it. And it's not a poster on a wall. It's not an eagle. It's energy. Saying, yep. and, and it's actually like we're committed to these things. We're committed to this idea of creating raving fans, creating flourishing. We care about you so you can care about others. I honestly don't have to ever speak at a company event. I could have anyone speak. And that's it's what I will. It's not about me or it's not about Kent, uh, my, my co-founder. It's not about Sandino. It's like when you start embedding these things, um, I, it's funny. I had a salesperson shoot over a video of um, a stud foreman on one of solar crews that he did one and he was just talking. He's like, I'm going to send this to everyone I know. This is unbelievable. Like, this is what we're about. It doesn't matter who we are. Josh, good job. Your, your, your video is phenomenal, but you're speaking just from what you know in your heart. So we're all coming together, not necessarily because of solar, because none of us knew solar. Like you can't go recruit solar technicians or designers or <laughs> right. it's like there aren't any. So you have to find those folks in, in the economy here and develop them into that. But we're coming together because of the idea. We are passionate about adding another energy type to Oklahoma. We're not, we can't displace oil and gas. We don't want to. I mean, I, I grew up there. My, my father's a geologist. Like this is what we've done. We, uh, some of our investors are large oil and gas players. It's, it's phenomenal. We're doing phenomenal projects for them. We're going to do a really cool one in October. It's not about that. It's about people aligning an idea. We want to care about this economy. We want to build another one. We want to create opportunity. But even more so, how we do it is, is the glue. How we do it is what separates us. And, that, and whenever someone's like, well, how are you doing so well? It's not that we're in the solar business. 
is like how we're doing it. and steal it. That. Please steal it. I'll give you the playbook. Treat people with respect. Ethic of reciprocity is like our first principle. Treat others how you want to be treated if you were in their shoes. That's like, that's the secret plan. And um, yeah, so hopefully yeah. I'm glad you felt it. We're glad you're doing it in Oklahoma City. So I was amazed when you said 77. I mean, you've hired architects. I mean, the jobs that you have also brought to Oklahoma City has been amazing. Yeah. So if you start with the base where you have to scale most, it definitely is going to be in solar technicians, which okay. you know, about a year ago, I don't keep up with these, but um, solar technicians was projected to be the fastest growing job in the United States over the next five years. Wow. And so we had like zero. And solar technicians is going to be on the roof. It's going to be an electrician. It's a trade where, you know, you go through the apprenticeship process, you get licensed, uh, there's certifications. It's really cool. And you're part of the future because, I mean, with this IRA, Inflation Reduction Act, it's a solar decade coming up. And like you have a career path that's limitless. We have to be really good at recruiting those folks, assessing if they're going to be able to do it, uh, onboarding, training, making them very competent. And then they go crush it. And they're, they're craftsmen. They're phenomenal. Then you have to hire energy consultants. These are the folks that actually can talk competently and make you feel good that I understand your business or your building. I understand what's going on here at Full Sail Capital and how we can produce the energy for it. I understand the battery needs or backup needs or EV charging needs uh, or residential, make them feel comfortable because solar doesn't always make you feel comfortable. Talk about that later, but um, (laughs) it's, it's not the solar that's wrong. It's the distribution process and the trust that's not created. But, and then you get, then it's your point. We have designers, engineers, architects. These people are doing the science and math that I can't do to make things come together, to understand the structure of the components, the things that like make these things come to life. We have to have those in the middle and Corey and leads that team, but we've got Matt and Tyler, phenomenal teammates that are NAPSIP certified, uh, which is an industry standard term. Don't ask me what the acronym stands for. You're going to ask. I can't answer that. Um, I'll digress. But um, no, there's a lot of acronyms, but that is like the industry standard for solar. And we have two board certified NAPSEP PV designers and two of 58 in the country, in the whole country. And we built them from ground up. They didn't, they weren't in solar. That's great. And then we have other NAPSEP certified associates. And then we have you know, folks coming with CPA, you know, you know, Trey, <laughs> Trey. We, we have uh, a lot of professionals on that front. So yeah, there's just a lot, a lot of different types of jobs. And I love that. Like, oh, outsource the installation. No, that's actually the magic. I can mm. walk into you and say, we all care. It's that every single one of us are going to you know, have the brand and we're all, all of our goals, whether it's sales design, build back office support is to create you a raving fan. Like if I can make you super happy, we all, <laughs> the best comparison to that I have are the, uh, unnamed large cable companies that outsource installation, that's when it goes downhill on top of other things like price gouging and service calls. But to your point, any company, any firm that tries to outsource things, and there is times when it's probably necessary. Yeah, absolutely. But but to your point, if you can continue to keep somebody from having to deal with an outsourced or having to deal with a third party, and you're going from the very beginning to the end of the project, yeah. that's got to be impactful. And I'll tell you, it's expensive. Sure, because, that's why, yeah. Because we invested, like you look at our, as we launched a company, um, we invest in people before we had jobs. Because you, 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 know, you can outsource for a while and we will outsource with 820 certified partners if we're in an area that we need help. Sure. But we're looking really hard for those partners that would help as a gap to get from point A to point B. Because our brand is actually... We do it, we own it, we, and we will stand behind it. And there's certain partners in certain states that are phenomenal. We haven't done them yet, but like we, we will yeah. if we need to take care of that thing because we're still in the experience. This goes back to why do we have it in-house? Because our goal is to create human flourishing, human capital, and that includes all types of teammates. 
And like, I love it when, whether it's a designer or a consultant or solar technician or electrician knows that we're treating them just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like no, no one's treated differently. Yep. And we all have careers ahead of us and we're all bought in. Like there's not a person that's not like, Hey, we don't care about this thing. We say, if you don't care about this thing, cool. There's a lot of places you can go and not care. Like a lot, this isn't one of them, yeah. but like you can go to a lot of those places, but if you're going to be here, be all in. And I'm telling you to a person on these roles, I love catching coffee or a conversation. I don't care what role it is. Like, I'm like, thank you for being here. This you're, is incredible. You're present as a leader. Yeah, that's great. Stacy and I, is Stacy, at least from her side with, a, she does a lot of work for our business owners, business executives. And so she's in front of that side. I do a lot on the retirement plan side. So the big group side, Sweet. we both can tell you, we walk into an office or walk into a company that has a culture like yours or that doesn't have a culture like yours. I can tell you off the bat, based on the interaction that we're walking into, based on the interaction with the employees, based on the interaction with the uh, receptionist. It, cool. it is, uh, you can tell. And so, you can't fake it. And you yeah. can't. Yeah. You can't. So that's that's awesome. Tony, I'm, so I'm always kind of a nervous Nelly. So I'm interested to know or ask you just the fact of, you've got a lot going on, but what's the number one thing as an entrepreneur that keeps you up at night? What's your one thing that if you could find a solution for it, what would it be? That's a big question. I hate number one. So I hate like, <laughs> what's your favorite thing? What's, what's number four that keeps you up? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a thing. How's that? It's that works. That a, yeah, works. no, I think, and this goes back to my background being Fortune 500. You can make a lot of mistakes, right? And and we're investing heavily in employees in this model. And, you know, you want to make sure you're, you're cash flowing, you're in a strong position. And yeah, I think right now as an entrepreneur, you want to get past that point, that watershed moment where you're self-sustaining. And that's what right now, like most of my focus goes to is we've got a killer model and we've gotten past some cool thresholds. Our sales the last three months before the Inflation Reduction Act have been insane. The buy-in is just super high. That's gotten us to a point where now I can look at 16-week cash flow and be like, yes. You know, we, we pay very, very close attention to those things. And obviously we're investing. But it's funny, like if I, I was in fintech before. I used to say startup fintech companies didn't have the burden of having to make revenue. They could just tell a story all the time. And they could just keep saying, oh, this is what's going to happen. And I was at a, you know, kind of a legacy fintech company where we had to actually make money. So I was like, oh, Square, you're doing cool things. You're making no money and losing billions. But then they did it. And then Square is awesome. I actually think they've done a good job. Uh, so in this deal, it's like you got to make real money. You put money in and you got to turn it out and you got to make it efficient and you got to do the jobs efficient. And so just like probably I heard that all the time from people that were entrepreneurs. Cash is king, how you manage that. And, you know, bringing Trey in, we're doing gap-based quarterly reporting now. It's insane. We shouldn't be doing that. Uh, we have line of sight into cash flow, like at a level of detail. So that coming in has been huge for me because I know what's going to happen. So I, was, I would say that's kept me like most focused and mm-hmm. up at night. And now where I know our path to profitability when it starts hitting, because we're investing like a tech startup and not really, but we, we did a decent round for a, for a solar installation company. But the innovation isn't necessarily in solar. We're buying that from awesome partners. It's that we think we can really distribute and create trust across the Midwest, these middle America states, which we're already in four MSAs, metropolitan service areas, and scale out a very tech forward, you know, tech enabled, if you will, uh, sales, delivery, and installation program. And so while it, it looks on the front, like, oh, why are you investing like that? It's it's because it's, it's, it's an awesome opportunity. And it's real. And it's, it's changing the way people live. So, but what keeps me up or what has probably the most is just cash flow. Yeah. Understood. So. Cash is king. <laughs> All right. Well, I hate to make us pivot, but we're going to, we'll keep the conversation going as far as as 820 goes, but I want to dive into a little bit more about solar. Sure. Let's educate the listeners on what that looks like now, what it is, what it is not, 
why we're a good state for solar. And then where you're seeing, you talked about those MSAs, where you're seeing some other opportunities. And you've already kind of mentioned it as we were talking about sure. just the company in, in the, the Midwest, but maybe some more specifics on what exactly it is that you guys do. We can yeah. do residential, commercial. You guys, you take it wherever you want to take it, but sure. what are kind of the your niche markets, if you will? Solar is such a broad topic. That's a great question. I'm going to try to narrow it down. We do distributed generation. Okay. So what that means is we do it at your home at your business, at your nonprofit. We don't do what's called kind of utility solar, where we're essentially building fields for utility companies to then resell through their grid. Okay. Right? That's a great differentiator. So it's it's a big deal because when you think of mass scale solar fields, most of the time those are going into a utility and then you can potentially opt into a solar program on your bill and check the box and pay a penny more and feel really good about what you're doing. We don't do that. We bring solar directly to end consumers. We find that to be a really cool and empowering part of the sales cycle because like if I can make you independent or do your part for your carbon footprint and like you're literally creating power on your property, there's something that happens beyond like, you know, energy is an innate human need. Like you, you can't go without it. You can't be like, Hey, I'm going to opt out on my utility bill today. Right. <laughs> right. It's one of the four things, food, shelter, fuel, energy, and uh, clothing. It would have been nice in July if I could opt it out of that bill though. It is. It is nice, <laughs> but they're not. So we want to solve that problem. And the cool thing about this is everyone is buying energy already. We're just saying, Hey, is there another way that's good for you? So we, we focus on residential, commercial, and tax exempt now, which that didn't happen until this inflation reduction act because they Very really cool. couldn't play. But if we were to go to you, the cool thing is you stay grid tied for the most part. We're not actually taking people off grid. In Oklahoma, particularly, net metering happened in 2019. And I'm not going to bore you, uh, but I'll just say what that means is past legislation. And now if you overproduce, because think about where's the sun coming up during the day, right? And you don't use all your energy at the end of the day. You can kick it back to the utility. Uh, and they will okay. give you credit for it. Okay. And then you know, when you buy it back from it, it can offset. Okay. OG&E is one of our obviously largest partners and in, in, in where we install a lot. One of the best in the business. I mean, they're really, they're really yeah, they do a great job with their net metering policy. It rolls over kind of like your own Nokia credits. Uh, if you have a you know, big month in the spring, you don't use it. They do dollar for dollar net metering. So it's a really cool, and there's utilities vary. The thing about solar that people don't understand is if you have a lake house in you know, Carlton Landing and you have a home in Quail Creek, very different rules, right? Because Kayamichi County and, and whether it's a permitting, whether it's w- what you're allowed to do, whether it's a utility, there's all these things that are going on. And so that's why this business doesn't often create trust because some mm. solar companies don't pay attention to the rules. There's like, hey, buy solar. Here, sign hard. There's two copies. And then they come up and install it. And you're like, hey, you can't do that. The utility stops them and there's no interconnection. It's like, I just spent $40,000 or $10,000 or fifty, and I don't get uh, what? And so residential, is very, very simple. Come in, look for your roof, look at a ground mount. We do pergolas, which a lot of people like want that, like solar pergolas, bifacial, they're beautiful. And you get a pergola too. And it qualifies for the tax credit. So if you're already going to build a pergola, hey, we've (laughs) we've designed one with a local steel manufacturer, but that's residential. And then commercial, man, commercial is crazy. It's so good. It's where you see just tremendous amount of opportunity just because it's uh, people care about sustainable things. 86% 86% of millennials will pay more for sustainable claims. 61% of baby boomers. It's not an age mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. The, the world's kind of shifting. Sustainable is not a bad word. It's a, it's a good thing for all parties and people. And so you put that out there for brand enhancement. Now it's offsetting energy costs. You can accelerate depreciation. You get all these tax credits. You check ESG boxes, which is huge. It's the easiest ESG move you can make as a business. And so it's just crazy how easy that. Now it's harder to do like a tower 
like give me a 50 story tower and we're gonna have trouble powering yeah. that just because of the physics. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, you have so many opportunities. We've done breweries, we've done warehouses, we've done medical centers, we've done doctor's office, individual small liquor stores to a, you know, you could do all sorts of things with solar. And, carports. I oh, thought that was an interesting one. Carports. Huge. But, and yeah. like carports, we've done that in multifamily. What's cool about that is now, you know, they're going to get $50 a spot to rent it. Plus they're offsetting energy, which is going to set X amount per spot. Mm-hmm. And now their NOI goes up and they're in a five cap and all of a sudden, man, solar is crazy not to do. Why would we not do solar? And then the last one is obviously uh, tax exempt. That's a broad range of folks that just got involved with this IRA, you know, places of worship, churches, nonprofits, charities, municipalities, schools that all want Why to do Why did they this. just not get involved? Was there a roadblock there on the nonprofit side? Yes. So that's, that's part of this Inflation Reduction Act. Okay. What happened was there's a tax credit that's been there since, I think, 14 years. I, I'm not I'm completely, it's, it's kind of stepped down. It was getting ready to go out, but it nev- it only applied to folks with tax liability. So the tax credit, I got you. And that's okay. kind of driving the engine of this thing in regard. I mean, it still sure. works. Yeah. You see a lot of yeah. churches that, but typically you would have to like put a third party between you and the, and they'd have to buy it and do some sort of like okay. they harvest the credit and it was complex and hard. Now there's what's called direct pay. So if you do a hundred thousand dollar project, the government's going to give you $30,000 back. That's it. Now all of a sudden your hundred thousand dollar project costs 70,000 okay. and it's just going to open up the gates because interestingly, People do not buy solar as an economic proposition only. They buy it for sustainable claims, resiliency, independence, like technology. There's a lot of reasons you make buying decisions in your life mm-hmm. and not every one of them is math. I'd ask what car you drive. And it's like, oh, the math. This is what the cheapest one was. Right. No, you, nope. you put a lot of decision yeah. into that. Yep. People don't buy Tesla because it's the cheapest, right? Yeah. That's fascinating. But what he's talking about with the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 that just passed, it's a 30% tax credit and it's it's actually backdating. So if you put any solar into place right as of January 1st, 2022, you get that credit or going forward for the next 10 years. And so as a taxpayer, to his point, as residential commercial, if you had a tax liability, you were able to use those credits not-for-profits don't have the tax liability. And so that's where they're getting that credit back on the 30%. Spoken like a, a, a <laughs> tax expert as you that's are. That's why so. she's on the team. Heck yeah, that was nails. That's I, better. I have a just a, a question I think maybe some people would have, um, and it could be commercial or residential. When you're going to do a project at either of those spots, uh, generators have become a, a bigger deal around here, just a back, backing sure. up backing up certain aspects of your home or certain aspects of your business. Is that, are you, are you talking about just backup generation? Are you talking about whole home powering? Like what, is there a differentiator there based on size of project? Great question. So when we go in and we look at a project and we ask, what are the goals? Are you trying to power or are you trying to create resiliency? Okay. They're, they're different things. Yeah. Because you can do solar and not create resiliency. Sometimes people don't get that, okay. but you, you have to store or have energy available for when the grid's down yep. or whenever it's nighttime or it's cloudy. So we look at any project, not all projects work. That's, that's also, we, we, we're quick to say. Glad, I like that you said that. You they don't. Yeah. And, and if you don't, you got to walk and tell a customer, Hey, I know you want solar in your home. You have too many trees and it's not going to ever work. And what side of the house do you want to be on? I thought that was South, fascinating. East and West. That's where you want to be. We don't want to be all North. So, um, and then you can put ground mounts or pergolas to accommodate or or carports if you need to do that, which is cool. And it's not always just dispensation of uh, a position of the house. It's also maybe your utility company. And like people have different goals. Like they might want to buy it for independence, but then they find out, oh man, my utility is not going to work in this County. 
Right. Uh, so we're like, yeah, we want to make sure you know exactly how the economics are going to pay out, okay. play out. But a lot do. So okay. like, I, I'm not saying that it's like, like check it out. Yeah, it's well, it's kind of fun. It like, hey, how neat. does it? Yeah. Can I put energy power plant on my home? Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> uh, and it looks beautiful too. That's another. So we would come in and we'd identify what are your goals with the resiliency. And uh, let's start with a homeowner. You might say, hey, I just want to have the essentials. Fridge, freezer, lights, internet, modem, TV, a couple of computer plugs, and a couple of lights. Cool. Super easy. We can do that with a battery on your wall. Very slim, 12 inches. It's going to look cool. It's going to be noiseless. It's going to be immediate and you'll stay up. And our customers love them. That's going to be a little less than a classic generator that would run your whole home, but you're getting the essentials. So it's not quite a parody. If you want to do whole home, I'm going to have to ask you a lot more questions Yeah, <laughs> because like people are like, how long does the battery last? I don't know. What are you going to do? <laughs> you know, it's like, how long does your iPhone last? I don't know. Are you streaming movies or in your airplane mode? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. as soon as you get to a scale okay. that's like, man, we want to run all three of our uh, HVAC systems and like our hair dryers and iron all the time. I'm like, okay, we might need a generator because that's too unpredictable okay. and you need a steady state of natural gas yep. coming through. Yep. So we, we, we'll do generators. We okay. can do batteries plus generators too. Okay. As soon as you leave the essential, like you have to have an expert because th that's one thing we, we want to create raving fans. And if I don't ask you a lot of questions on your battery or backup, when the ice storm hits, you're either going to love me or hate me. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of in between. I can't dry my hair, charge my phone and yeah. run all my heaters at one time. What yeah. did you do yeah. to my project? Yeah. yeah. Back yeah. to your secret sauce of just making sure that, you know, you have rave fans. You then go in and analyze the bills, right? And the utilities. And so you work with somebody before you even say, okay, let's go install. You're not quick to go, yep, let's sell you something. You really do a lot on the planning side, we have which to. I loved. We have to. And then we have a three-step process. Like if you're like, hey, I want to check this out. You would give me your bill. We would study it and come out and we'd say, all right, tell me more about your goals and ask a lot of questions. If you don't ask questions, you're going to design something crazy. And then I'm going to say, okay, cool. Let me tell you a little bit about us, how we do it. And let's look at your project and we're going to pull it up and we're going to draw on it. And you're going to say, I like this. And we're going to say, this is kind of how the budget would work. You, are you still, is this, is this looking good? Let's walk around your house, take some pictures. Then we go back to our design team. And this is the big step that we do that like we felt like we had to do. Because as a salesperson, I can talk to you a lot about things and I can probably sell you solar, but they give me confidence that I'm selling you something that's going to make you happy for three decades. Right. Right. Yep. And so then we bring you back a really, really solid deal. Or I come back and say, Hey, I'm sorry. It's not going to work. And weirdly in those conversations, you're like, that is super cool. Can I tell you, can I send you to my friends or can I, can I tell you my, my neighbor? Like, it's like, yeah, that's what raving fans doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're only, only buying from us. You know, some, oh man, renting this house. We had a, a small deal and uh, they were like, yeah, we're just renting. We treated them really well, showed them that we didn't know some things They're like, well, yeah, but I have like four other houses and I got two businesses and four, four warehouses. It's like, that, that's cool. You know, you don't, you don't, you got to treat everyone the exact same, no matter yeah. how big or small it is. Sorry. No, that's great. I kind of went down different paths talking about sales process. Sorry. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's fantastic. But as we are wrap up here, we love to end with a couple stories. So you are clearly a good storyteller and have such a neat journey that has taken you to this point. What are a few stories or, or things that maybe stick out along that journey that you would be willing to share um, that maybe highlight or drive home kind of the points we've been making? Yeah. I mean, it's there's so many things that happen in 18 months. It feels like it's been like decade. Right? right. Yeah. And so to pick a couple is, is hard, but I'll, I'll kind of talk about some of the things that kind of highlight how we do business and how it impacts this solar economy. Like I think of, a, uh, of an example, we had a solar technician, his name's Nathan, and we were doing a customer's roof and it really could have been any customer. We saw their roof was really wavy and, you know, in solar people are like, oh man, it looks bad or whatever. 
That's because people do bad solar installs. We, we, we want everything to be award-winning. Like it's, if it's not Instagram, our partner in face says, you guys never take a job off. It's like, that's cool. Like we want that type of thing. We want your job to be Instagram worthy. Well, the roof was wavy. And like, um, so we put the install on and like, th- therefore the array looks bad. Right. And like, that's not our job, right? That's not our job to fix their roof. Sorry. We installed the solar and I can't think of another company. And I honestly was surprised, but our head foreman, Randy's like, Hey, Nathan, can you fix that? And you know, you, you, efficiency, speed, cost of labor. And Nathan's like, yeah, give me a second, draw something up, chalk some things. And in 15 minutes, he redid the entire array and it's stunning. It made the roof look straight. I've got a picture of him standing there like, because he didn't want it. Literally, it's, he's like, Tony's, his arms Tony's are up in the air. Are, yes. are, are wide out And this stunning right array now. is up there. And like, why did he do that? Because he didn't want to sign his name to something. He didn't want to give a non-beautiful install. We had another customer call us and say, hey, our solar was installed and our HVAC is no longer working. And this was during frigid uh, earlier this year when it was like, crazy temperatures and whatnot. And, um, it wasn't our customer. Right. And like we had an employee at 10 o'clock at night, cause we got the call, go out and spend hours getting their HVAC going because wow. they'd installed the panel wrong. And like he texted us, this employee, this, this electrician solar technician said, thank you so much for allowing me to work at a place where I can do this for my neighbors. We made no money. We lost money. Like nothing works in this thing except everything works. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's a crazy culture. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's another thing where we install a project for a Vanessa house brewery and they're like, Hey, can we throw a party just to talk about this thing? Uh, you know, we have customers and legislators and people off the street, like learning about stuff. It's weird. Like I was in the credit card business for 17 years, sold huge companies. We had great brands. No one ever threw a party for us. Like, Hey, we installed credit card processing. Let's tell people. And it's like, right. our customers are like so excited about this. We have CFOs of large Oklahoma companies that call up and say, Hey, we want to put solar in for our employees. Oh, do you want to know how the finances work? Yeah. As long as it works well. Cool. Like the things people are wanting to do here, I could tell story after story. It almost feels like things are lined up and we're blown away constantly. I was in Louisville this week and the same thing. We, we had a, a, a kind of a, an OG of Louisville jump in with us as an investor and he was telling stories and connecting dots with nonprofits and connecting dots with the local community and the impact. He's like, here's 60 properties. It's like, how are these things happening? It's like, cause of how you're doing business. Mm. Like it all, every one of these stories can go back to people are respect, focus, quality. And, um, we love doing that in Oklahoma. Like we love it. We love being based out of here, but also we're going to feel like Fayetteville when we're there. Cause we're hiring local people. We're going to feel mm. like Arlington, Dallas, when we're there, we're going to feel, and we already do like Louisville when I'm out there. It's like, yeah, there's a consistency with this brand, but the localism it's there. And the people you talk to, they're like, Hey, I want to be a part of this. I'm like, yeah, so do I. I'm really glad I'm here. <laughs> like, uh, and let's keep this thing going for a long, long time. That is awesome. I, I love that you highlighted the localism. You're, of course, an Oklahoma-based company, but as you go out and expand, you clearly understand it's important for that community to feel like it's theirs. Yeah, and those employees make it theirs. Like everyone that puts on a shirt, as soon as you're in, you're like, okay, this is your brand, not mine. Like it's, it's not mine. It's ours. Yeah. It's like, this is, it, the brand is such a hard thing to do. Because people don't think it's like, uh, they think it's an aesthetic. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's every deposit you make. Mm-hmm. It's either positive or negative. And yeah. like the more positive ones you make, the more it gets awesome. People are like, well, how do you do that? It's like, it starts with how you treat like just every single day. So you're an amazing person, amazing leader. Uh, no, your employees have to be amazing to work with you. And I, I find it fascinating, the energy that you have. And I mean, I wish you all the success because I, I am rallying for you. And I, I think that 
you're going to do amazing things. And the state of Oklahoma is lucky to have Tony. Oh, I don't know about that, but we're, <laughs> we're thank you for having us on today. This is like, it's an honor just to be able to talk about things that we're doing, like at, starting in the basement. And we're going to, we're going to do it again. We're going to, we're going to follow you along this journey. Well, thank you again, Tony, Stacy. thank you for your help today. Uh, we look forward to this one. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please review and subscribe through your preferred podcast platform. Have a great week. All opinions expressed by the host and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Full Sail Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Full Sail may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. 